You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. Hi, I'm Kevin Ross. And this is The Podcast. Politicians allegedly behaving badly, and the people who love them. Last week, a popular, well, in some circles anyway, elected official had to come to terms with criminal charges stemming from alleged inappropriate financial dealings. No, I'm not talking about the twice impeached former president and commander in chief, Donald J. Trump. This is a local case, it involves a black politician. Many of you may have heard about a jury returning a guilty verdict against Los Angeles City Councilman Mark Ridley Thomas. The esteemed public servant was convicted on federal bribery and conspiracy charges along with mail and wire fraud. Now the case stems from a purported 2017 scheme where then LA County Board Supervisor Ridley Thomas was believed to have given assurances to shift millions in county contracts to the University of Southern California. Now, in exchange, his son, former state assemblyman Sebastian Ridley Thomas, would receive allegedly admission from USC to obtain a master's degree, a full tuition scholarship, a paid teaching gig, and $100,000 that was to be routed to a nonprofit Sebastian, again, allegedly ran. Now, as a former deputy district attorney, I understand why cases must be prosecuted and individuals are held accountable for the particular malfeasance they're accused of. That's why I'm good when it comes to the 34-count indictment Teflon Don must now answer to. Because if it's true, he funneled money at the end of his 2016 presidential campaign to Stormy Daniels just to keep their 2006 sexual tryst at a golf tournament in Lake Tahoe while married under wraps, that's completely none of my business. If he did so illegally by circumventing federal campaign finance laws and or New York state business taxation laws, then it's on and popping as it should be, right? Here's where I'm struggling. I don't know Donald Trump, never met the man. When my brother had a brief stint in the 90s driving the Donald around for a week, Big Brother was beyond impressed with him. Now, aside from tipping my bro $1,200 for five days of work, now again, this was in the 90s, Donald Trump engaged my brother, asked him questions about the area where he would ultimately buy his Southern California golf course in Rancho Palos Verdes and just had an overall cool vibe to him, per my siblings' recollection. If my brother, who voted for Trump in 2016, were alive today, I can't help but wonder if he would still be supportive, especially given all we know right now. Bottom line is, when you have a personal relationship with someone, and they are called to sit in that defendant chair, it hits differently, particularly for the people who support them. And I indeed have a relationship with Mark Ridley Thomas. 
which is why on the fifth day of deliberations, I was numb after a jury convicted him of seven charges out of a total 19. The 68-year-old suspended politician continues to deny any wrongdoings, didn't testify in his own defense, and indeed plans to appeal, which is, of course, absolutely his right. Now, this isn't the first politician I've crossed paths with who ended up being charged with criminal wrongdoing. So I've been in this conflicted state before. Much of the reaction to Mark Ridley Thomas, however, has been drastically different, with supporters describing his departure from the scene as a, quote, blow for the city and the communities he represented. My longtime friend Brad Johnson, owner of the acclaimed L.A. restaurants Georgia and Post and Bean, said this about Ridley Thomas. He always paid his check, never expected or asked for any special discount. He loved his community. And as for the Martin Luther King Jr. Community Hospital in Watts that reopened in 2015 after years of neglect, many believe, uh, as did Brad, was that it was really Thomas's political savvy and social prowess that resulted in all that happening. See, tributes like these, as a recent LA Times article noted, is what really Thomas has been receiving as opposed to the disgust and the disdain and the public condemnation that many other elected officials receive. LA Mayor Karen Bass described the veteran public servant as a 40 year plus friend and ally, quote, a thought leader who made a huge impact on the city. Steve Soboroff, who sits on the LA Board of Police Commissioners, tweeted his appreciation. And California State Senator Steve Bradford issued an impassioned statement listing Ridley Thomas's accomplishments, never once mentioning that he had just been convicted of these felonies. Now, when I first met Mark Ridley Thomas, my description, my impression of him would have been one where I thought he was pompous, he was arrogant, self-absorbed, bougie, and haughty. For me, that changed over the years. And when I saw him at a book signing event as he was awaiting trial, this man standing before me was humble, gracious, reflective, and sincere. He warmly embraced me in a way I don't ever recall him doing before. We began talking politics, and he remembered back in 1995, I ran to be the councilman for the 10th district in Los Angeles, the same position he was currently occupying. His three decades in office, first as a council person for another district, then state assemblyman, state senator, L.A. County board supervisor, then back to the now reconfigured 10th district seat was beyond impressive. See, when I ran for office in 1995, I was recently married, clueless, had no money or connections, nor any previous experience as a politician. But what I did have was a genuine love for Los Angeles, and I was committed to making a difference in the lives of its citizenry. Despite being endorsed by the LA Times, other outlets, organizations, and individuals, <laughs> I came a distant Third, <laughs> my passion for the city, however, has never waned. So this scandal involving Mark Ridley Thomas is personal for me. And he understood that. 
you know, back to that conversation we had, I thanked him again for endorsing my 1998 judicial campaign, and as well as for inviting me through the years to various events and functions designed to enrich the community. And uh, I also lauded his continuous push over the years to reform the L.A. Police Department. We reminisced about how when his twin sons were no more than, I don't know, five or six years old, they came to a Morehouse College scholarship lunch in the school I graduated from. And and these boys showed out. I mean, they were some bad little suckers. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Later, both would end up attending the HBCU Morehouse with one playing on the football team and the other, Sebastian, becoming president of their senior class. I shared with Mark, who has a PhD in social ethics and policy analysis from USC, the challenges I faced in the aftermath of being removed from my job as a judge. As I spoke, you know, I could truly tell he was listening and listening intentionally and intently. Essentially, what I was conveying was that everything happens for a reason. And this case provided perhaps an opportunity for him to look deep and ascertain whether something needed to be revealed that maybe he had been overlooking. Some would argue that's complete nonsense and have opined that this is the U.S. government railroading yet another black man. One South L.A. minister suggested it was a political witch hunt, quote unquote. Even my frat brother talk show host Tavis Smiley who owns radio station KBLA 1580 AM, make sure you support it. He even stated in an editorial that, quote, hunting season for black folks is always open, unquote. I don't disagree that hunting season is always open, but isn't that even more reason to make sure one dots their I's and crosses their T's? As former police chief and councilman Bernard Parks, who lost a bitter political campaign against Mark Willie Thomas as he advanced. The conviction, quote, doesn't diminish Willie Thomas's legislative accomplishments. It does, however, tarnish his overall legacy, unquote. And if what happened is accurate, isn't that what consequences when wrong decisions are made look like? You know, after someone's indicted and are subsequently convicted of several serious crimes, shouldn't we expect that process will result in society recalibrating their opinion about whether, I, I don't know, that person should hold office again? Will it cause the public to weigh whether the highest position in the nation should still be available to someone who's tarnished, who's, come on, multiple, repeated, and endless mistakes are more than a mere asterisk? If you're hanging with me, you know I'm now talking about the leading 2024 GOP presidential candidate whose last name rhymes with dump. Pun intended. As for Mark Willie Thomas, I won't lie. It hurts. And I'm disappointed. As for his immediate potential replacement, I I very much like Heather Hutt who as a former chief of staff for the district has been filling the seat on a temporary basis. And she's already announced her intention to run in 2024. That said, Hey, I believe in forgiveness, second chances, redemption. 
grace, and new beginnings. Do I want to extend that towards Donald Trump? No. (laughs) Am I going to? No. Sorry, not sorry. Trump's had way too many opportunities to admit when he engaged in illegality, unethical behavior, and flat out lying. It's it's just a bridge too far for me. As for New York prosecutor Alvin Braggs and likely Georgia prosecutor Fonnie Willis, along with federal U.S. Justice Department prosecutor Jack Smith, hey, I am in solidarity with you on all these matters that must be adjudicated. In solidarity, 100%. Why? Because no one is above the law. And for those diehard Trump fans and supporters who plan on riding with him till the wheels roll off, I may not like it, but hey, I understand. I'm Kevin Ross. And this is the podcast powered by the Griot. Follow me at I am Boss Ross on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening. See you next time.